The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I'd rather wear a sapphire than drink one. I, <laughs> I did not, <laughs> I did not come prepared. So feel free to annihilate me. <laughs> oh, is that the tag? <laughs> no, that that's the tag. That's like, please come at me, read me to filth because <laughs> I will just lay here and say nothing. I'm, I will say everything with you today, but I, a tagline I did not come prepared with, which is a, a real shame because I just interviewed Quad from Married to Medicine and I just filed the, the story and in preparation for that, I was like trying to think of like a punny lead. So I watched this video on BravoTV.com's YouTube and it was like Quad Webb's like guide to vocabulary and it was just like a nine minute compilation of every iconic thing she's ever uttered on the show and it was like so amazing and I felt like that should have given me the juice to come up with the tagline yet I did not come prepared and I'm embarrassed now. Wait, but I thought that was your tag. I thought your tag, wait, say what you just said as a tag because I thought it actually really worked. Oh. It took me aback. <laughs> I said I did not come prepared so feel free to annihilate me. So I would be like a season one and done housewife <laughs> who hardly uttered a word who would be just like eviscerated by a Kenya Moore or an Erica Jane. Wait, it's a little bit of a callback. It is still work. It still works, I think, stylistically mm -hmm. as a tagline. But it does. What was Vicky's first tag that everybody always oh, drops in the? What was it like? I don't want to get old. <laughs> right? Wasn't that it? Or was that from a different I think season? That's what it was. When they would like actually take was. audio from the episode, I kind of miss that. I mean, I do like the tags as a way to kind of like give a little bit of a, it's a wink to those of us at home. It's a little bit of a peek into what likely that uh, either a reaction to somebody's storyline from a season past or a preview of what's in store for them this season. But I just do kind of like the idea of somebody just being like, la la la. Like, <laughs> no, that's me. Like, that is the vibe today. La la la. Like I'm la la laing my way through the day. Oh my god. Well, you guys, la la la. <laughs> I'm here for this vibe and this return guest. It's Andy's Girls episode, I think 340. I actually really couldn't tell you and God bless us all for that. And I'm so excited to have back senior TV reporter at page6.com, co-host of the sparkly new podcast, Page Six's new pod, Virtual Reality, with friend of the pod, Danny Murphy. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Evan Real. Evan, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for such a glowing intro, and thanks for mentioning the new pod. We're really excited. We just launched as, well, it's been kind of like a video series for a little bit, but we just officially mm. launched as a podcast. This is our second week. So the first week we had, oh no, technically this is our third week. We didn't have a guest on mm -hmm. the first episode of the podcast. Then we had Ayan from Dubai. And then this oh. week we had um, Dr. Jen from the Real Housewives of Orange County who shared her thoughts on the return of Tamara and kind of like broke down mm. 
how she got let go from the show and everything. So yeah, I think next week we're actually, we're trying, I think we might get Sarah from Dubai. Lots of Dubai girls are ready and willing to come on the pod, so that's fun. I love that. And Dr. Je- did Dr. Jen have thoughts on Tamara's return? What was she her did. perspective? She, her, her perspective was like good for her. Her house is her life is all about housewives. So good on her, I guess. Oh, that's a little bit of a little, a little bit shady, of, kind little, of shady for Dr. Jen. Shade. Yeah, totally. Uh, so yeah, that that was uh, her her thought on the matter. What do you think about Tamara's return? Are you excited? I mean, I am. I am. I'm super excited. I think it was necessary. It's an appropriate time, and no better springboard than watching how Tamara has not like evolved, but watching how well she came across on Ultimate Girls Trip, yes. which is obviously a different dynamic, but I feel like pauses work better, regardless of whether or not they're like real or imagined. They work better for some people than others, and I feel a sense of... Um, I don't know. I feel like a sense of humility, maybe, in Tamra oh. that's come from being away from yes. the screen for a couple seasons that I really appreciated with her. More of an interest to connect that I I really liked. What do you think? I No, I totally agree with that. That's Yeah, that's really interesting you say that because I found her so likable on Girls Trip, and mm. I was referring back to the Bible, a.k.a. uh, Not All Diamonds and Rosé, and I was reading the Orange County part where they, where the girls were talking about when Tamara was fired, and the way they talked Mm. about it, they called her, like, they said, like, the Wicked Witch is dead. They were all so joyous about her getting let go from the series, and I was like, wait, like, I, I forgot how kind of toxic Tamara had become Mm. on the show because Mm -hmm. of her venture on Girls Trip, um, so it just kind of proved to me that it, I think it did exactly what she probably wanted it to do. It was like a nice little reintroduction. I completely fell in love with her again. Watching her uh, stand up to Dorinda, I was like, yes, girl, get it. I love Dorinda too, but, uh, you know, that little moment in the kitchen, I was all about um, Tamara's side. Because mm-hmm. Dorinda was, like, placing food in their bedrooms. No one really talked about that. Like, she was so mad, but then she was, like, literally putting cupcakes in the rooms. Anyways, I'm excited for Tamara. (laughs) I'm excited for Tamara, too. I'm excited for Tamara's press tour when OC really starts filming. I think it started filming, but she's on vacay, right? She talked about this on her pod. Yeah, she's, like, with Carrie Duber in Mexico? In Switzerland? Oh, was it Switzerland? I thought it was Mexico. Oh, wait, or maybe Mexico. I don't don't know. know. She's on vacation, And she was talking about the fact that they will be, there's going to be like a skeleton crew the first week shooting the new season. But it's happening, I think, now while she's on vacation or in the next couple days. So she's missing the next week or so. But because it's not the full production, they're essentially going to make it work, which I think is, I mean, you're not exactly going to be able to fully relax on your vacay. But I'm sure she's happy to be back. I think that's actually going to work out really well for the show because it'll be nice for, like, all the girls to kind of convene without Tamara and discuss, Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, she's coming back. Like, she's coming around this Mm -hmm. crew again. And then she, like, boom, enters, starts some shit. I just remember the last press tour when Gina and Emily specifically, they were just talking a lot about how excited they were to 
have a fresh start without Tamara and Vicky, and they were very vocal about reveling in the fact that Tamara was gone. So I, I just can't wait to see those three specifically reunite. I also can't wait to see Tamara stir some shit up with uh, both Shannon and Heather. I feel like it's going to be like a battle between Heather and Tamara, like who is going to be that sort of central force because mm-hmm. I feel like most housewife shows do a pretty good job at making it like an ensemble situation, but Heather was clearly the star of last season. I, I and I felt like maybe that was an unspoken agreement as part of her return to the show. And I've been told that this season of Orange County coming up, the plan is to center it around Tamara. And it appeared that Heather had quite a hefty position in terms of dictating what would be filmed and what wouldn't especially the night of that like $39,000 on <laughs> Nosh. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, it feels like every season is kind of a recalibration for housewives, depending on how they've been received or how they feel like they performed in the season past. I wonder for Heather how that shift is going to work. Cause I mean, it did appear that she had a lot of power and I wonder how she's reacting internally and externally to the idea that like, not only might she not have that same power this upcoming season, but also there may be power from other people that's like used directly against her. Totally, yeah. She, I, I imagine she's shaking in her boots because Tamra and Vicky, they actually backed up Noella's claims that something did happen with the producer. Right. And when I hear Tamra talk about it, like Tamra's been in this game for too long and she knows that crew of producers so well I really don't think she would lie about that like I I tend to believe Tamara about this whole situation so yeah I think that Heather knows that Tamara is here to call her out she's gonna shake things up and she I mean she doesn't care if her you know any comment she makes has any sort of negative impact on Heather (laughs) like she doesn't give a shit Absolutely. And I think with Tamra, because it was apparently the producer who was directly involved, who told Tamra, and according to Tamra, also told several other members of the cast, current and past, about what happened with Heather that night, that, like, I don't know how they'll handle it potentially in an edit since it's so fourth wall focused because it Mm -hmm. deals directly with hearing something from a member of production who's, I think, no longer working on the show. But for Heather, I would be completely fucking shitting my pants regardless because it is a tell. What Tamara is saying is, like, I know what happened and I'm not afraid to say it and I'm also not going to save it for filming. I will have other stuff by then. Mm -hmm. This is like a preview. This is the amuse-bouche of the (laughs) meal. It's not like a miniature version of the entree. It's just a little bit of an indication, a taste of what you're about to be served. If I was Heather Dubrow, I would be shitting a brick. Yeah, I 
I think she is. Like, I think bricks have been shit over this over the past few weeks inside that massive house of hers. In every single bathroom, a brick has been shit. Every single one. <laughs> even ones that she hasn't even seen yet. Because right. that place, I always think of it as like a Ritz-Carlton in Aspen where it's just so huge and so soulless with her shimmering wall. I've seen every episode of Heather's house tour, Heather's closet. <laughs> I, it's so bad. It's so it's like this sad cave of I don't know isolation it's just a lot of space it's just a lot of moneyed space I know I what was there wasn't there like one episode where Heather and Terry were like like they're both working from home but like like they were they could see each other but it was like two different desks from like literally 500 feet away and i was just like this isn't like how it's supposed to be like i don't i don't it's uncomfortable a little bit how big it is she did i think an entire episode guys i you could fact check me i think i'm wrong but it's something along the lines of like her garage maybe or her basement and she was touching the walls and being like do you see how they shimmer and all (laughs) that I see Heather is gray I just see shades of gray I'm not the shimmer is not coming across it just lets me know that I can never afford to stay there and please remind me when I have to check out (laughs) oh my god yeah totally I mean okay so back to Tamara though I'm curious to know what you think about Tamara coming back and Vicky not coming back. Do you think Vicky deserves to be back? Do you like seeing her with Tamara? I like seeing her on their spirited and sometimes awkward episodes of Watch What Happens because I think that those have just grown like more iconic with time. Uh-huh. But I don't know that being the OG means you deserve to come back. I don't totally, un- I don't think that's how, in this sense, television production works in terms of she was on the first season of Orange County, which necessitates a return, especially when they're trying to shift into new stories. I think Tamara is more of a creative and realistic shapeshifter mm-hmm. than Vicky is. And we've seen with Vicky, it's like if something is going on in her life, she just shuts down. She's not able to move story forward unless you want the story to be about her standing very, very still. I, I don't know that a per I, I think it's twofold. Like, do I think that it would make sense for plot this upcoming season? No. And also, if it's a reset or that's what OC is working on, I, I don't know how that works with Vicky. And also, I don't know that you can just deserve your way back because of the nickname that you deserve to have. But I don't know that casting is really anointing in that way. Right. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And you're so right. She does shut down when too much is going on. And we don't need our housewives to shut down. We need them to open up and divulge. Yeah, and, like, there is something magical. I'm not going to lie about, like, Vicky laying in bed. I mean, she's funny. And, like, her being, like, I know it's not funny, but her just saying, like, I'm so sad. And then bring just the ways that she sometimes communicates there is she does have the ability to deliver a line and I do think that she has grown in some ways but I also think I don't know that she's where future stories of Orange County are at this point like let's see what happens this season maybe it'll make more sense for her to come back as a friend of right of Tamara's next season and honestly I know she was so pissed about the friend of situation a few years ago but like the friend of situation is not bad I mean I don't know how it works financially but mm. being a friend of, 
you get to still be out there, still be like part of the housewife situation. You can promote your brands, you can do whatever, you can be part of all the Bravo events, etc. But you don't really have to dig too deep into your personal life. You don't have to share too much with with the audience. I don't know. I've talked I've talked to a lot of friends of over the years, and they always point that out there. Like it's really not a bad gig at all. Yeah, and if you're, I totally agree. And if you're afraid of being potentially forgotten in the mix, as a friend of, I think that you do get to determine how much shit you want to stir. Like, look at Marisol on Miami. I thought she had a spectacular friends of um, season. And I also think, like, she's on, or she just got back from Girls Trip. Right. She's a friend of on Girls Trip. You can still be celebrated for being a housewife even when you technically no longer are one right if you if you really kill it as a friend of totally totally yeah i think that i think that the friend of situation is so underrated i mean and yeah marisol's like the perfect example of that i i do think she deserves to be full-time but actually marisol was one of the people that i've, I've talked to about this she was like mm. i get to just go have fun with alexia and i don't have to dig into my marriage which like yeah that's awesome and you're right she she delivered and now she's went to Thailand and is going to be on girls trip and I've heard I'm not completely positive but I've heard that Marisol and uh, Adriana are both still friends of this season which is very shocking to me because no one puts in the work like Adriana and yet I think that works for Adriana too. You do. Okay. Okay. I I Marisol I feel like is content being a friend of but I feel like Adriana I mean she's she sings the theme song and I think I think that like <laughs> if that if I sang the theme song I would feel a certain way too. I'd be like give me my fucking mojito. Well, she may well want it, but I think it works better as a friend I think of a, I think small doses go a long way especially when there's a lot of other storylines happening I think that you can still get ample screen time in a way that like in Miami because it was a real official reboot and because we knew her life so many years ago and there were kind of questions around like the validity of the I really want to get married oh wait but it turns out we were like technically married for many years and didn't tell anybody but how does that affect you know, everything um, with her now ex-husband. I, I just think that like a little bit of a reset and being and, and not being responsible for carrying a personal storyline mm. is helpful where your storyline is really like your personality and group and, and, and individual dynamics. I think that works well for people with big personalities and people who are more, a little drier with delivery like mm. Marisol. You yeah, know? right. No, that's actually a good point too. Like the the big per, the big personalities are capable of being a formidable friend of. When you like, if you're yes. if you're a Tracy, you're gonna be forgotten. But if you're an Adriana or a Marisol as a friend of, you're gonna do well because I mean Adriana, like she was in every episode, and mm -hmm. she also didn't really have to dig too deep into her personal life on this past season of Miami. It was really just her offering these sort of like explosive dramatic reactions mm -hmm. to other people's shit which worked out and then her talking about Kanye's pee pee oh yeah yeah but I, <laughs> yeah I think in that case that like it worked it played to 
her best qualities when it comes to delivering on Housewives, and it didn't hold her responsible for areas that were maybe less easy for her to discuss on camera or to deal with or to push back from. Maybe she's in a different position with whatever relationship she's in and, you know, however she's doing, and this just made more sense to her, which does to me, like, the combination of, like, the Miami friends and, like, the Vicky, I must come back, I must come back, I must come back, and I will maybe, maybe be a friend of, I mean, who knows what, even what Vicky's thinking, but it does bring to mind sort of conversation, even that Tamra has discussed in the um, press, yada, yada of it all, things that <laughs> Dorinda has said very recently about Jill's positioning of how she'd like to return, because she has said repeatedly she wants to be a friend and I think that there are people who like want to be friends and then people who want to be housewives, but they think it would be more successful to market themselves as a friend. Where do you think that Jill fits in that spectrum? I think that Jill is an amazing housewife and she should be back on Legacy and the show, like mm-hmm. it just, it can't, we can't do it without her. She has to be back. But with that said, mm-hmm. I think she is, like everyone has mentioned, very incredibly thirsty her thirst needs to be quenched very, very hard. And I think that she wants desperately back to be to be back on the show. But I think by positioning herself as like, mm, I don't know, I think a friend of is better. I think that's her way of trying to make herself seem less thirsty. Like yeah. my little story, and I don't know if I've told you this before, but when <gasps> I was moderating two panels, their producer panels at BravoCon the, the first year it, it happened. Iconic <laughs> producer panels, you guys. I know I talked about it when Evan was, but you got you got it. You had to be in the room where it happened. <laughs> Absolutely magical moment. Sorry, sorry uh, to interrupt. No, thank you, thank you. And I might have uh, shared this story the, the last time I was on here, but Heather McDonald and Jill Zarin were with me backstage, and there was that portion where the fans could ask questions, and you know the fans can ask whatever they want but there was also a set of questions that like I had already worked on with Bravo and they were both just like badgering me like ask um, ask the producers if they think Jill should come back to the show or why they haven't asked Jill back to the show and then I didn't ask it because I didn't want to throw any you know curveballs at Bravo I didn't want to you know shake it up too much but Heather McDonald participated in the fan portion of the, the like question Q and A at the end, and she was like, "Why don't you bring Jill Zarin back?" And then everyone realized that she was standing next to Jill Zarin. Everyone realized that Jill Zarin was in the room, and everyone was like freaking out over Jill Zarin. And it was like very awkward. And the New York producer, I'm going blank on his name right now, but he um, did not really offer. Darren? Yeah, Darren. Darren, so, such a nice guy and very handsome. Yeah. Um, very handsome. He. Shout out to Darren. Yeah, <laughs> shout out Darren. He, he did not really offer a clear answer and I just I felt bad for everyone involved in the moment but look at us here in 2022 working on a Roni legacy reboot who would have ever thought and I truly think Jill's coming back I think Cynthia Bailey kind of even like almost Mm -hmm. let it slip a little bit on Watch What Happens Live the other Mm -hmm. night and Andy was like he's like let me deal with my Jeff Lewis drama instead because I do not want to say anything about Roni legacy uh, yeah, funny you should mention that moment. That was something that I discussed with friend of the pod, Tracy Morrissey, in real time. Because oh, she's we great. Were both, she's phenomenal. We were both in the audience for that panel. And during 
first off, just sidebar, I had been told by someone that housewives were like not necessarily encouraged to attend panels as attendees for reasons probably similar to this where it becomes more of a potential event and there is a control factor and I as an event producer 100% understood that perspective which we got to see play out in this panel Tracy and I are sitting like front rowish or whatever the Q&A for the um, fan questions happen we see Heather in line and we both had the same response which we talked about on the BravoCon episode that followed you know in November, December of 2019, which was essentially, it's a fan event. If you are a content creator asking a question on behalf of an attendee who wants to come back on the show, why are you taking up the time of fans who don't have the platform to ask a question unless you want to ask a fan question? But if you're doing it as a friend or an ambassador of a person, why are you taking up that time? And we had a reaction. Tracy and I were both like, what is even happening? This is a fan event. This is a incredibly, she has an incredibly successful, fantastic, popular podcast. She could ask any number of these producers at any time. And Jill's in the audience. It felt like such an odd moment. So then it was sort of like a battle between people in the audience of like, let Heather ask her question. Let Heather ask her. And the question is like, can Jill come back? <laughs> which I thought was weird. Tracy and I talked about it on the podcast. Then I went on vacation to Mexico and I, I talked about this on Andy's Girls. So if you are new in the last couple years to AG, this is probably new information. And I, I, I truly hope not to get in any trouble from this, but I did talk about it on a subsequent pod, but I got a DM from Heather very shortly after that episode went up that said, hey, I'd love to have you on Juicy Scoop are you around the area? And I was like on vacay in San Miguel de Allende, like living my best life. Thought, oh, that's so interesting. Like Heather reached out shortly after this episode went up in which we talked about that panel moment. I responded back in the DMs on Twitter and said, yes, it would be, I would be happy to come on. I live in New York. And then an hour or so later, she responded back and said, hey, I just heard that you said some stuff that was like, a little critical of me like women should really support other women I don't know that she knew that she was quoting Ramona but I <laughs> thought but that know. was a wonderful moment <laughs> yeah. and I respond because I was like no this can't be how it's done. give yourself a business day before you say I I am here's an example of me supporting you that I'm going to rescind and I responded back and said um, I was so sorry to hear that but I appreciated her last couple hours of support and hope she would have a great rest of your day. And I just, it was like one of those examples of like, am I, I'm not a little bit of like a selling sense of am I the drama, but like it felt like a little bit of an offshoot of a Bravo moment that was happening because of this moment that you're now telling me they were angling to do before the panel, which doesn't seem surprising because that's exactly how it came off and an example of one of Jill's most endearing and self-sabotaging qualities, which is this kind of thirst. And I say this 
in New York City, a city that she truly owns a landmark, a landmark property for the Jill Zarin industry. I would love to see her back, but it's also like a, this is what Tamara's talking about. <laughs> totally, now. totally. And I will say that I also find her, her thirst very endearing. And I, as much as I, you know, I, I, I didn't want to ask <laughs> the question on stage, I did appreciate Jill and Heather even approaching me backstage and trying like I thought that was like sweet and they, they couldn't have been nicer like they were they were both incredibly nice so, to me so nice I will super, say super that nice. genuinely yeah I will say that um you know Heather follows me on Instagram so Heather if you we love a follow if we love a follow this is not a not a bad talking moment this is no a she's talking she's moment. always yeah. So sweet in the DMs, very very mm-hmm. kind, very um, uh, interactive with the page six content. So she um, she is wonderful. I have nothing uh, bad to say about Miss Heather McDonald or Jill Zarin. I I appreciate Jill's thirst and I appreciate Heather's Friendship. loyalty to her friends. I thought you know if if no one if I'm not gonna ask at least she did. You know what I mean? Like she she wanted an answer that day. She could have asked on her own podcast. She could have done it in a different way. But Jill was there. The producers were right there. I mean, seize the moment, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that is also like, that's also the interesting dynamic when you become friends with Bravo Labs and mm. taking this outside of Heather totally. But there is that dynamic that happens between content creators, podcasters, housewives where it's like how do you know what you can get away with like I always think about not like yeah what you can get away is it what you can get away with well like what you can say without damaging a relationship Mm. Melissa Gorga she made a comment about uh, Dylan Hafer and the Betches podcast and she was like I don't care when you talk shit about me. I think it's funny. And, like, I love that. Like, love Melissa Gorga. Love her approach to everything. Like, she just has, like... So, like, I guess it depends on the person, too. Like, with a Melissa Gorga, she can obviously take a joke. But, you know, some of these Bravo celebrities cannot take a joke. And that's part of what makes them such excellent Bravo (laughs) loves. Like, that level of, like, complete sensitivity, which is... Um, a human attribute and also something that can get very garbled and not only misunderstood but so heightened when you're dealing with the plots on Housewives where people are questioning literally everything from your intentions to your personal relationships to your marriage to your work to your money your wealth your health whatever it is it I would assume make someone feel very sensitive about how that is being discussed or covered but it just gets it gets magnified in an interesting way when it comes like interpersonal dynamics which I think we'll see play out we'll see play out at the next BravoCon you know IRL is tough IRL is tough online is tough but that's what kind of makes these events so spectacular because they are so rare and you get to see I always use this word is it id like which part of your is it ego super ego whatever is just like you know that's when there's no editor there to protect you or amplify you or give you a little context that's just the she's sitting in the audience she wants to come back so her friend's gonna ask you know it's just simple as that 
Simple as that. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen 
is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered home threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to homethreads.com today and live your best real housewives life. Go to homethreads.com slash Andy Scrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's homethreads.com slash Andy Scrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. I do want to pivot a little bit to something potentially a little bit more complicated. Okay. All right. Let's go. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's deep dive. Which was this episode of Beverly Hills this season so far? What are your thoughts on um, what what's going on in in those diamond pastures over there in Beverly Hills? There's a lot going on. First of all, I, I still can't get over uh, Erica Jane wailing her way through Asher's Christmas Carol. Oh my god! That was I watched it four times. <laughs> really? Oh my god! I'm I'm so bad at watching people sing. Like, mm. I I don't know what it is. Like, obviously, like Britney's and Beyonce's aside. Like when people are just like earnestly singing. Like it happens on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Sometimes, like some dude just did it on the most recent episode of The Bachelorette. Yes, I'm watching. I don't know why, but whenever someone sings. Whether, like, semi-talented or not, when they just, like, give, like, an impromptu performance, I am, like, cringing into the tiniest ball mm. that I can. And I was <laughs> I was doing that during this. And then I, I would have cringed at an, an Asher solo, but then when Erica added her voice to the mix, I, like... Off-key? Liter- yes, off-key. I wanted to just disappear. But other than that, Erica is also, you know... God, poor Erica. Like, what? I mean, actually, not poor Erica. Poor Erica's... I was about to say... <laughs> alleged victims and on-camera victims such as right. you know crystal i we were talking earlier i can't get over the laxatives and the you can't eat this chicken finger one-two punch like that was just so wild to me um and i hope that Crystal's all right like i just i don't i i don't know if they're gonna keep airing this sort of like um what's the word not uh, inappropriate. Ca- yeah, careless. Yes, yes, dangerous. Careless. Yes. Careless. All, all of the above. All of those adjectives work. It's because I, you know, there's, you know, for there's so many other people out there like Crystal who have experienced similar things, and then so I don't know if they hear a drunken Tim from Erica that laxatives do the same job. Like, you know, you don't, you never know what could happen or how someone could. You, like how it could just like sit with someone like I I mean this is not the same but like I just remember when I was like 11 or 12 I was a an avid reader of J14 and <laughs> there was a one page little feature about weight loss tips for prom I was 11 not going to prom anytime soon um, but I was also like an overweight kid desperately trying not to be overweight and it was this like Pick, like this picture of like pretty Christina Aguilera in like a bikini top or like a belly shirt or something and her number one weight loss tip for prom was to not eat salt because it bloats you and so like literally like I like don't add salt to anything and it has like stuck with me since I was 11 and that's something silly and it's fine and my, my sodium levels are probably down because of it but like that like just that little silly J14 article like is a part of my DNA now like imagine what 
I don't know, Erica's comment about laxatives and chicken fingers could do to someone. Uh, first off, I just want to say, feel free to process that it is your life, but like that doesn't feel like a nothing moment. That feels like that could be incredibly harmful to someone reading. So like for you to still think of that experience is to me completely understandable. Oh, and well, how you. terrible that you had to see that as an 11 year old and feel that way. I just think that's what a what a disservice was that was done to you. I know my lifelong fear of salt. I mean, I blame it more on J14 than Christina Aguilar. I love Christina. I've been to many a concert. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't think Christina Aguilera created the disordered eating complex <laughs> right. that exists. Not to say that staying away from salt is an example of that, but the idea that right. that thin is the goal is it's an unfortunate uh, part of our culture. And to watch that get acted out with such joie de vivre by Erica repeatedly and by production is unfortunate. They ended last week with a to be continued around Erica making light of a woman's very serious and open struggle with an eating disorder and then began the episode that way with that moment which started the episode with a thud because you're sensationalizing to me an incredibly unfortunate occurrence and then what they're doing is ending these fucking episodes not including any counters regardless of whether or not they happen but ending these fucking episodes with the like if you need to seek treatment here's the contact which is of course important information but not as important to me as using the platform that you have as a network to at any point allow for a pushback like the producers love a fucking confessional it makes kyle look like she understands that belittling and being belligerent to a child is not good because even though she's she, you know, cast it aside as like an innocuous moment. She has her confessional to talk about how not great it was. And, and same with Dorit. And like to not have a confessional at any point for this stuff, not even a confessional to add this isn't great is such a missed opportunity. And it's borderline irresponsible in a way that makes me really upset, I have to say. Yeah, no, totally. And like, I, I do wonder if. Erica was asked to provide some sort of response in a confessional and they just haven't That's a good you know point. It maybe it got left on the cutting room floor somehow I, I don't know but like either way they should have had her say something or included what she did potentially say about it because yeah it's not not great I mean she is like drunk when she's saying these things which is not mm -hmm. an excuse but it uh, kind of like you know maybe she wouldn't have been so careless had she been in a sober state of mind we would hope at least I don't know yeah the women though at the event seemed um relatively sober and yet we don't see them cutting in and also they could have had a delightful little confessional just sharing even right. if they weren't in the room because that hasn't stopped them from responding to things and driving the story forward it just feels like production didn't want that they didn't want the story to be driven forward in that moment they wanted it to be continued to get the biggest possible gasp out of saying that 
and just moving on. The only confessional that I can think of that happened that felt like a little bit of a counter was Garcelle saying you cannot essentially oh. advise someone to take laxatives when you know they have an eating disorder. That is harmful. Taking laxatives can be considered a form of uh, disordered eating. It can be a, it's, it is a harmful, dangerous act that is often done to regulate a person's weight and for control. It is not, this is where we get into very dangerous territory when, because there's a little bit of an expectation here that the network is gonna use their platform responsibly and not just add a little bit of a shrug emoji to the ends of some of these moments like they're doing. And it's also weird to me with this issue specifically because in the past I feel like they've covered this topic like pretty well. Like I feel like the discussions on previous seasons, you know, among Kyle and Lisa and I think there might have been a few others talking about their past, you know, eating issues and how they overcame them or, you know, why it was a struggle. Like I felt like the those stories were dealt with more delicately and I hate that Crystals isn't being treated the same way? It's certainly not being treated seemingly respect respectfully by the rest of the cast because while they seem to have empathy and sympathy for what she's going through, they counter that with like questions that are incredibly insensitive and potentially harmful and damaging to ask somebody who has an eating disorder, including quote unquote, like, tell me how you disorder your eating tell me using language specifically like do you throw up that is very serious and violating language and it plays into I think a lot of misunderstanding and lack of education that these women have and it's also a reminder that you can have an eating disorder and not understand someone else's eating disorder if you yourself haven't experienced it which is why I was so confused as to some of Kyle's reactions to stuff because she has talked about her experiences having an eating disorder but she didn't have Crystal's experience right. and that feels like that's what's getting lost here and it's it's just incredibly unfortunate because it's just not I don't think it's um I I have questions about the edit around this stuff and I'm nervous about how this is going to go for the rest of this season I just hope that there is sensitivity that's shown but I just don't know how realistic that is judging by how the ep ep sensitivity that's shown by producers and production because you don't have to include this stuff in episodes what is the value of not only including the chicken joke, but using it as a framework to drag it out with it to be continued. What is the value that you are providing on an entertainment level, let alone safety? Right, definitely irresponsible, but maybe, maybe it's an effort to cast Erica as a villain. I mean, Erica like already is kind of like in her villain era, but I don't know <laughs> if like that was the the approach. Maybe. Maybe it's to make her look bad, but then I don't know. Because then we've got all this other stuff oh with Kyle doing the Lord's work to try to say that the harmful stuff Erica has done was either not <laughs> harmful or not harmful enough to be considered anything more than fun. 
you should, for lack of a better term, I am not making a joke. This is not me making light of it in any way. But like what Kyle is saying is to like shut the fuck up. She doesn't want anything that Erica is doing to be seen as anything more than loosening up. And what what do you think of those that scene in particular that scene and Kyle's confessional? I think it's psychotic i I don't understand (laughs) i don't understand (laughs) i just don't get why she's defending erica so so hard especially because you know as i think we're gonna discover later this season that you know erica came for her sister kathy in some way so it's like why why are you defending her so hard like I, i think there's something that we're missing as viewers like some something about their their friendship is uh, we're not getting the full picture because there is really no reason for her to defend her so hard with this whole like drinking and mixing pills thing like not it's just it's weird how it's always like I've never seen Erica so fun and fancy free but like also Erica is like you know seemingly doing something very unhealthy and potentially (laughs) dangerous to herself like you know one question that I've asked before is like was Erica so bad prior that you are so relieved to have her on pills and like like mm. pills and alcohol. <laughs> like, does that make her easier to deal with for you? I think for Kyle, like Erica caused so much drama and tension last season, and because Kyle was friends with her, I think Kyle felt like she had to answer for Erica to the rest of the mm-hmm. cast. And I think that now with Erica being like fun, fancy free, drunk on medication, it's like she's so relieved that Erica is out of that very intense emotional state and so maybe she's like less on edge about having to mediate a a dinner war between Erica and Sutton but it but then also her new fun fancy free uh, pills and alcohol moment is creating other issues like it you know like I don't know and maybe maybe Kyle doesn't feel so tethered to the drama that this is creating that like the drama of a defensive um tom girardi jail moment i don't know i don't even know if i'm making sense i i just think that uh uh kyle's done (laughs) the tldr is kyle's cook (laughs) yeah i mean there is some uh I do feel a little bit of tension from Kyle around this, not only in the way that she had her confessional at one point and said, like, essentially, Garcelle is trying to bait me into using the phrase alcoholic and I'm not going to give that to her, Mm -hmm. where she feels like she's the one potentially that could be thrown into the mix. And that is why she's defending Erica so hard, not only to defend Erica, but to also defend herself comparisons to what happened with her sister Kim oh, totally there's like definitely some like residual trauma from that whole experience mm-hmm. and so yeah I think she's doing like she said anything in her power not to say the word alcoholic on camera like ever again I don't think she will ever <laughs> say that word in a public forum again in her life because it caused so much pain for her previously so now she's like really going hard giving Erica the benefit of the doubt and not calling someone an alcoholic on camera and you know all the drama that that created I'm sure she wants to avoid whereas like Garcelle's like alcoholism 
Like, she will just. She will, but she's also Garcelle's like, what? Okay, let's not potentially put a quote unquote label to it, but let's talk about the behavior. Yeah, like question Kyle it. won't acknowledge, right. Kyle is not going to engage. label someone in her eyes or engage in accountability for behavior, which is where if this is the whole, the threading of the needle is like the importance of a confessional. That's where I felt like Crystal's confessional was so important, which was to say Kyle's idea of friendship is absolute, seem just absolute resolute silence and also defense of a person's seemingly indefensible behavior, which is an interesting look for Kyle to say, I don't wanna label someone because that becomes their identity or their identifier, but I also don't want to provide a space for accountability for reckless or poor behavior because that's also an identifier. So as a result, you can kind of do whatever and we've just got to suffer the con we meaning other people because it hasn't directly affected me have to suffer the consequences and understand that it wasn't that bad because this is fun and also she hasn't maybe been belligerent to a child before so this time is okay um. she hasn't done x y and z before so this time is okay as opposed to like zero times is the amount of times that should be considered okay. Anything above zero is not okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think that makes sense. And man, lucky for Erica, she's got people in her corner after all, all that uh, all that she's uh, been through. Uh, Rena, um, mm. Kyle, like the uh, Dorit is very supportive mm -hmm. of her. So. Um, there must be something about EJ. I don't know. Who do you think is the biggest liability to use Erica's <laughs> words? Sutton or Erica? I I think Erica. I I do think I do think Erica. Look, like I I can appreciate Erica Jane, but in present time, I would say she's the biggest liability. Like I sometimes me I follow her on Instagram obviously to stay updated, mm -hmm. but a lot of times I won't like a picture cuz I don't want to co-sign the things she allegedly did do you know what i mean like i'm like me as someone who like has spoken to her for 15 minutes on zoom i don't know this woman like i i am uh, i am cautious about being associated with her and that's like you know that's psychotic i where i'm not part of erica jane's life whatsoever but even just i don't know as like a, a journalist who covers housewives like sometimes i am hesitant to even just engage in her social media. I don't know. So yeah, she's <laughs> to me, she's a liability. But that's what was so interesting. I thought about the episode too, is that like she had that moment of breakdown with Kathy where she expressed shame about how much of a potential liability she's become and not wanting to hurt other people's reputations. And then at the end of the episode, she's saying to Garcelle, you know who the biggest liability is. It's Sutton. Yeah, also that's a great Erica Jane voice that you have. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't even intended to be a voice. I mean, but like, how do we, in the over the course of the same episode, and she is being incredibly serious at the end of that app. Right, no, I, that's, I didn't even think about that, but like, that is literally her projecting. Don't you think it is? Because she's talking about 
unpredictability. And I think that there's a difference between Sutton's clumsiness, Uh which is what it, I think, is, and Erica's annihilation impulse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Totally, yeah. Yeah, I think she was drunkenly, like, kind of talking about herself. I don't think she was that drunk. I don't think that cognac had gone as far as it the other stuff went, whatever she right. had at that Christmas party, right. that cognac tea. <laughs> oh, my God. I love how when she, when she, uh, the chamomile tea wasn't available, she was just like, what kind of cognac do you <laughs> Like, I mean, but also, like, relatable. Like, <laughs> Yeah, 100%. 100% relatable. Um. Can I ask you about one little moment that did not make any sense to me? And I want to know because of such skill at covering all things celebrity and more what your take was. Yes. The scene with PK and Dorit talking about a potential DUI. He wasn't actually charged with DUI, but like the um, suspicion of DUI, that conversation taking place weeks after the event itself. How did that scene read to you? It it read like a pickup scene. Yeah. Um, like obviously it was filmed uh, much after the fact, mm-hmm. and I feel like they needed to because it was in the press. They needed to address it on the show somehow, and I feel like it was a request from production. If I had to guess, but I will mm-hmm. say. That, you know, if it was a little bit more staged than, you know, uh, 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 the other scenes, and it was indeed a pickup scene set up by production, I will say that Dorit, who deserves all the Emmys after the Jamie Lee Curtis wind chime scene. Oh my God, it's both hot and cold. It's, what is it? Keeps things warm and uh-huh. cool. What was it? Yeah, it oh keeps things God. hot and cold. Um, oh my God. I, my God. I think that this was another nearly Emmy worthy performance from Dorit. I mean, she really drilled it into him like, bitch, you're not going to lie to me. Don't you ever fucking lie mm-hmm. to me. Um, I thought it was, you know, even if it was just a pickup scene and it wasn't like just, you know, um, as authentic as we hope our reality shows are, Mm -mm. I thought that Dorit did a really good job of selling it. And I love to see an empowered woman putting her husband in her place. So I'm all, I'm here for it. (laughs) Lightly scripted or not, I'm, I, I say yes. I thought the kind of like, there was a vibe that was happening while they were talking where they kept saying like, and isn't it so weird that now people find out weeks later where I was like, are you accusing someone of leaking this? Like, what are we, what's the, what's the thread of tension underneath this? I didn't understand. Yeah, I, there, that was there. And I would like more clarity about that because yes, there was sort of like this very gentle insinuation Right. That someone leaked it to the press. Um, but I remember I remember reading that when it came out, and I just remember thinking, like, damn, like, mm-hmm. these two cannot catch a break. I felt really bad that it happened so soon after mm-hmm. the home invasion. invasion. Yeah. But I, I, it was a scene that I appreciated. Like I said, I love I love an empowered Dorit. Um. Speaking of appreciation and empowerment, I just want to shout out um, you and your friends at Page Six for what was a viral moment on social media early this week when Erica Jane 
uh, returned from a bazillion star vacay in Hawaii. I'm assuming underwritten by Diana, but I don't actually know. Where she flew back from Hawaii and was met at LAX, you know, accompanied by her friend Rinna with a process server serving her documents relating to litigation, um, continued fallout due to the everyday Tom, every day <laughs> that follows more bad things come up. Um, what was your reaction to getting that video, which was, I think, exclusively captured or provided by, covered by page six? Yes, so we got the exclusive on that video, um, and that video was just wild. A, because I thought her airport look was not very cute. I don't think an all-white sweatsuit does anything for anybody. And <laughs> I think she was upset that she was caught looking like how she was looking I mean Erica is a beautiful woman and she has many a stunning item in her wardrobe I'm just saying you know she's looked better than how she looked that day and I think that might have contributed to the daggers I don't my boy my fiance he pointed out like he literally paused the video for me there's this moment where like yes. she sees the cameraman and mm -hmm. it, you can just like see like the flames of fury like mm -hmm. burn into his lens like she is upset and then I also found it really interesting when the woman is trying to serve her with the papers. She's like trying to, I mean, I don't, maybe she thought it was like a weird fan or something, like who knows, but it's like once yeah. she realized what it was, you could see her just like, fuck, like take it. And she's just, right. the, the like frustration of it all um, was very delicious. The way that Rena fucking ran when she yeah. was just like, I don't know what this is, but I don't want to put right. it and waited for Erica to catch up. And sidebar, I just want to say, listen, Erica is a piece of shit. I understand it. Got it. Capture it. Done and done. I actually enjoy the Erica at leisure wear moment that we are experiencing because she no longer does 24-7 glam. Because I'm like, this is some real shit. I understand. I had a long, I got into an argument with a friend of mine when I was going to Europe pre-COVID, back when I did things. And uh, they were like, you know, like, what are you wearing to the flight to Paris? And I was like, what? like, beaten down Spanx that aren't that are like the tj maxx you know like the little like the whatever and no makeup and a hoodie and and my friends like but you could meet someone on the plane i'm like i'm not fucking meeting anybody and i am flying at like a whatever o'clock at night through the night to land the next day i'm going to look bad because yeah. that is my airport attire i don't Duke, I don't wear makeup because I don't want pores or, or mm -hmm. everything. Like, I don't want anything getting in the way of just survival and comfort. Uh -huh. So to see Erica in those moments, I'm like, we see each other. <laughs> like, I'm not doing any, I'm going to wear the most absurd, maybe looks like shit to other people, but I don't give a shit because it's right. my airport experience. Well, like, totally. And let me just point out that I, I, I have no room to talk and no room to judge because when I'm on a flight... I am absolutely in my Target oh, gym shit. shorts and yes. my, like, most crummy t-shirt I, I can yes. find and, like, a sweaty baseball hat and, like, the ugliest sneakers 100%. you can imagine. So, I, I seriously have no room to talk. I just think that er – I think Erica in her, like, TJ Maxx era, I think mm. that she 
is some I I feel like she wants to like pretend that she's owning it but I don't think she's mm. fully comfortable in it yet definitely and I could tell she was not comfortable being spotted at the airport looking like that and I definitely don't think she was comfortable with any kind of expression of vulnerability that she did not feel in control of, which could be how I look. It could be the fact that mm -hmm. I am being surprised after returning from a vacation. The fact that this is happening in a public place. The fact that I recognize that there's a camera. Right. Um, which process servers often use to make sure that you can capture on camera someone being, sur I mean, like that is a part of it too. But obviously, page six, I'm running them in a little bit, little bit different. <laughs> but I, I think that there are several areas of where her anger and frustration comes from. I just don't think we see it as purely. And to see Rena just kind of like not one. I to know. Be well, involved. We, well, I mentioned that Rena was so loyal to Erica earlier in this podcast. But mm. now that we're talking about this, when mm. things, I don't know, when shit hits the fan, it looks like Rena could run. <laughs> I listen and her little free back. city sweatpants. <laughs> you're coming back before the end of Beverly Hills, which unfortunate spoiler alert is maybe never going to happen. I think this season is going to last forever. That is our punishment as a culture. <laughs> um, but you have to come back before the reunion, especially because my goodness, is there a lot for us to continue to discuss? I'm so thankful for you hopping back on the people's people's couch, Zoom, Kiki, et cetera, whatnot. Can you tell people where to listen to your fabulous new podcast and what you've got cooking with upcoming guests, any interviews or articles that you're also working on for page6.com? Um, yeah, so I, well, you can uh, catch me on social at Evan Real, and mm. uh, you can catch Virtual Reality, the new Page Six podcast on Spotify. Apple, wherever you get your podcasts, and um, upcoming guests. We're still trying to book some guests for for the podcast, but I just interviewed Phaedra Parks yesterday, and she was mm. a hoot. Um, she had a lot of a lot of fun Ooh. tea to to share. Uh, she definitely doesn't want to be back on Atlanta. She is absolutely positioning herself for a role on Dubai. So wow. fingers crossed for that. Um, and you know the man she said that she thought she was in love with on Girls Trip? Yeah, the doctor? She's let him go. She's single. She's not wow. in love anymore. So that's a that's a little tea from Phaedra. Oh my god. Do you want Phaedra to go to Dubai? Yes, I would I yes. Yeah. I say go to Dubai, go shake things up. I think I think Phaedra in Dubai is interesting. I mean, we haven't really seen like a crossover like that yet amongst like you know from one housewives franchise to another i think right. caroline stanbury from ladies of london to dubai is like the closest thing we've had so yeah that's a great point i think phaedra to dubai or maybe a cynthia bailey to beverly hills would be fun mm. i think i'm ready for it we, we we're almost 17 years in let's just do it let's see what happens I think there's it could happen. I really think it could happen. If if full time or or a friend of who knows and the you know the reunions filming in New York City. I think today. Um, yeah. Was it yesterday or today? Uh, so yeah, yeah, they're they're all there. It's what a time! What a time to be alive I in know. this the something era. I don't <laughs> know that it's golden, but um, it's something, it's and I'm here for it. Incubation era. It's it is 
Thank you. It's Song Reboot Era, and I'm here for it. <laughs> Guys, uh, join the Andy Scrolls Patreon. Number one way to support the podcast. I'm putting up a Satchel Spectacular this weekend. I got some incredible Satchels of Gold from you guys. Those are your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns, named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Kaloran Ben Simone from Scary Island, about all things housewives. Um, slide into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley, or if you've got a long form Satchel Gold little thesis, which I love to get, um, email andysgirlsshow at gmail.com with your satchels and they can get featured on an upcoming Patreon episode. Also have an hour plus bonus app for the OG of the AG and people's people's couch tears on Patreon featuring OG of the AG Damien Bellino and follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Some exciting stuff coming up uh, in the next week. You're going to want to look to social for that and Evan, thanks so much for coming back. Oh my god, always the best time with you. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye!